Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios of Relate365.com. And I invite you to go to that website and you can download any of these episodes that we do, these podcasts, for uh, any period of time that you want. And hopefully you do that. I'm with Don Shire again today. And uh, we talked the last segment together. And if you want to hear it, go to Relate365.com. Or you can go find out more about Don on DSM International. Dot .org. Dot .org. Yeah. And you can find more about what he does and even support his work and, and really find out what's going on with the widows and the orphans around the world that he ministers to. And uh, I can guarantee you this, as Don is a good old friend, that this isn't how he started. This isn't mm-hmm. what he really wanted to do originally. Yeah. But God put it on his heart, and it's fun to see how God does things with people who can't do things, but he does them anyway, almost to say, you're so qualified that if I do this, you'll know it never came from you. Well, one of the one of the greatest stories in the Bible is when uh, when God used a donkey. Yeah, and uh, let's just say that I I, I relate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Some people, when I say that about people in ministry, uh, I've been accused of saying something harsh about them, and I mm. I keep whoever says that to me, I look at them and go, No, you know, I know that person, and I know here's what I know. I I know that they know mm-hmm. that they can't do what they're doing. No. You know, I know that. So I didn't say anything out of line. Well, you know, Dave, many years ago, and you've known me for decades, and, uh, and you've seen me through the, the highs and the lows of my life, and, and you've seen me success with success. You've seen me with my failures, and, and uh, it amazes me you're still my friend. Right. Um, but you know what amazes me more is God is still my friend. Absolutely. And, and he's loved me through all of it. And and um, you know, I've learned so much through the the good and the bad. And one of the things I've learned is that he really does care about my day. And that is hard for me to comprehend because think about who he is. You talk about qualifications. Think about who God is. You know, just look look out your window. Just he, God is the creator of all of this, and he cares about my day. He cares about your day. That that helps me get up in the morning because there's sometimes I know things are not going really well and, and I'm going to have to face some really difficult things. And, and uh, knowing that God cares about my day and he says he will never leave me, he'll never forsake me, gives me the strength and the courage to face the day. David was a couple of weeks ago. He has, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning from, from the Northwoods, Wisconsin to, uh, to Virginia. Right. And, um, it, it's a bittersweet thing for us. Yep. We, uh, we have really, really enjoyed living here in the Northwoods. Uh, but it's another thing where God has made it clear to us. Matter of fact, we were going to keep, keep, try to keep both places if we could. And I, uh, I asked Kathy, I said, Kathy, what would you do, do or say if someone just walked up the driveway and, and made us an offer, a full offer on the house? And she said, well, Don, people have had their houses for sale up here. For, right. You know, they keep them on the market for years and don't even have anyone look at it. She said, that would take an act of God. Right. That would be God saying, sell it. Dave, it wasn't a week later. We did not put the house on the market. We did not tell anyone we were even interested. Matter of fact, I wasn't. I wanted to keep it for at least a couple of years and move slowly right. and transition slowly as I get older, you know, and, and, um, and someone called and, and made us a full offer on the house. And it was kind of funny because well, when I'm talking to him, I said, well, give me, give me a little bit of time here. L- let me pray about this. And I, 
and I looked at my wife and she just kind of threw her hands up in the air like, Don, yeah. we already said this is an act of God if right. this happens. And I said, I said, you know what? Okay, I don't have to pray. Yep. It's, it's a deal. Yep. And we did a, co- we called it a COVID handshake over yep. the phone. Yep. Um, and so it is hard. I mean, we've, we've been here 20, almost 24 years and right. uh, have developed the house and the property around it in a way that, that functions so, so well. And yet God keeps kind of yep. making it very clear that we're supposed to be going to a different place. Like in some ways I kind of feel like, and it's, it's a bad comparison, but in some ways, all right, I feel like Abraham sure. when God said, I want you to go. And he didn't even know where he was going. At least I know I'm going to Virginia. Right. But he said, go to a place that I will show you. Yeah. And see, we're going to Virginia, and I've been ministering there for, for many years, doing concerts and so forth, but God has plans for us there. We don't know what they are. And and I, what's kind of funny is I kind of go back to prayers that I've had with the Lord. Lord, give me the faith of Abraham. Right. Lord, give me that kind of faith yep. where he could just— he could just go ahead and go when you said go, and and uh, here we are seeing God do that. Now, I, I, I was in talking about how God cares about your day. I was in Virginia. I, I was meeting with some friends at a church about six o'clock in the morning for a, a time of prayer. Sure. And uh, the part of my prayer that morning was, Lord, give us someone today where we can we can be your light. And we can we can share your love with someone today in this community, Dave. I don't know anyone yet. Right. I'm just building a house. I know these guys, you know, yep. from being in their church. But but uh, later on that day, I was at the work site, you know, where they're building the house. And uh, a couple times, I had talked to the cement cement guys that were there, and and uh, I I said, well, all right, guys. Well, I'm I'm taking off for Wisconsin tomorrow. So I started walking away, and one of the guys said, Don, wait a minute. He said, Don, would you pray for me? This there you is, go. This is a, a rough, tough cement guy, knows that I know God, <laughs> and there's stuff going on in his life, and, and he seeks me out yep. and says, would you pray for me? And, and immediately, I mean, I was, of course, I was honored that he asked, but what was the ultimate honor is that God answered my prayer. Yeah. I asked God for someone, and He sent that person, yep. me. Yep. <laughs> you know, and and the reason I share these stories is because God cares about your day too. Whoever you are listening right now, yep. God cares about your day. I don't know what you're going through. I don't. I don't know what bad decisions you've made lately, but He cares about you, and He cares about your day. And what He wants is a willing heart. To, to say, Lord, show me where I can, I can serve you today. Yeah. And he will answer the prayer. How do I know? I tried it. Yeah. All right? You try it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think anyone that I know that's getting older in their ministry will tell you, there's been so many instances where God has proven that he does not need me. Yes, for sure. But he wants me. And, and as we get older, that's what becomes precious to us, not the need part. Yeah. Because when you're younger, you keep saying, I really need to do this. I need to do this so God can be successful. Yeah, well, let's, He must smile up there and go, I don't need you to be successful. Lest it sounds like I'm bragging a little bit, I, I do remember saying that same prayer in my younger years once. Yeah. And I remember someone coming up to me, and literally, I, I, we were out, we were just kind of passing out some tracks. Right. You know, and this guy came up to me, and, and I had asked God to give me one one person I could really share with. 
And he came to me yep. and said, hey, what are you selling? Yeah. And I said, nothing. Yeah. And I walked away. Yeah. Because I panicked. Yeah. And that still small voice said, Don, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one you asked for. Now, I'm so grateful God said some, sent someone else yeah. <laughs> and, and talked to that, that person. And, uh, and yet, yeah, God didn't need me, but he was giving me the opportunity, and I, and I passed it up. And that taught me a, a great lesson. I really don't like passing up those opportunities. I like being used by God. Yeah. Uh, again, right where I started, who is he? Yeah. He's the creator of the universe, and he cares about us and allows us to be his ambassadors. Yeah. Well, I think people in America, especially guys who know anything about business, I think what we do is we struggle with that marriage between business and ministry. We, yeah. we, we feel like we have to make something happen. But God keeps saying, what I want you to do is get up every day and enjoy me, love me, mm-hmm. enjoy others, make them successful with their lives. Just get up every day, take the opportunities I give you. And really, you can call it responsibility if you want, but you can't prepare for the future because you don't know what it is. That's so right. I, I do know what it is. So you need to, especially I've been reminding our staff uh, throughout this COVID year, you know, God knows what the future is. We don't. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. I don't think personally, myself, that um, COVID is really going to be a problem for very long. I, I know it has been too long already. But I think there's other issues that are going to collapse the United States, not, not COVID. Yeah. I, I think there's other things. You can't live in debt like we are. You can't have the, the arguing, the fighting, the... The in, you know, great societies always seem to collapse from within. So, yeah. Well, you know, Jesus gave a great example of a pandemic in, in the scriptures. And uh, I don't think many people have, have put the two together. Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jer- Jerusalem. As he's standing on the Mount of Olives, he's looking right down at Jerusalem. Yeah. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the earth. And uh, it, it kind of smacked me in the face earlier this year when I was thinking about the pandemic. I was thinking about that verse, and I thought, you know what? I want to be a pandemic for Jesus Christ. Sure. And that's what he was telling his disciples. I mean, think about it, Dave. One guy on the other side of the world, or woman, whoever it was, the one person on the other side of the world got this germ or whatever yeah. it is, and within months it spread to the remotest parts of the earth. Yep. It started right there and just spread like wildfire. Yeah. We're weirdly connected, aren't we, as, <laughs> as, a, as a world Yeah. In, in things? And, and why can't the gospel spread like that right. if someone is really infected with the and gospel? And you know the gospel <laughs> should be catchy. Yes. Because yes. it isn't, you know, you don't force it down people's throat. You, you live in a way that compels them. We, we were talking the last podcast, and I, again, go to relate365.com and you can download it. But we were talking about how those in India, in your orphanages and the widows, mm-hmm. how when they're, they're asked if they were forced, you know, to become right. a Christian, how they never say yes because they haven't been. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. And, and that what way, happens is you see it and it's compelling. It's infectious, yes. Yeah. So uh, except it's something you want. And, right. and, and, you know, we might as well use the analogies. Uh, how many Christians are wearing their masks, right. their spiritual masks, so no one else catches it from them? Yeah. And uh, we need to take those, uh, those masks off. Now, I'm not talking about the physical yeah. ones. I'm talking about the ones that the keep us ones. from spreading that, uh, that wonderful gospel message. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I could get on my little bandwagon here and, and go all kinds of places. But the bottom line really is the, the culture in which we live in and any culture around the world needs to see people who actually love God. People don't change because of words. They don't change because they're yelled at. They don't change because of, of rhetoric. They don't do that. They change because they see something. When Jesus came in, in John chapter 1, you know, it talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Okay, in the, from the very beginning. And the Word became flesh. Okay, Jesus became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. So what? So that we could behold the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So we could see God. My job in life is not to be successful at business. It isn't to be successful at whatever I'm doing. It's really to show the world around me who God is through all of the experiences and all of the relationships that I have. That's it. Now, now the funny part is everyone that's listening is qualified to do that. That's right. So you don't have to be somebody who has a master's degree in divinity. You don't have to be a reverend. You don't have to be... Anybody can do that because we live in a way that's compelling people to acknowledge the fact that there is truth. We don't have to argue with them. Yeah. Just live in, an, in a way that argues for you. Yeah. I, had a, I had a lady here in the States that is a widow, and she said, you know, my husband left me pretty well off. She said, is it possible for me to bring one of the widows over here to the States and rescue them from, from the life they have to live there and, and uh, just live with me and enjoy the luxuries that we have here? And I said, well, I don't know. I'll, we can try. I went back to India. I could not get one widow to leave those homes. Really? And the reasoning that they gave was, why would we want to leave this? And you know what? They don't have, they have to go outside to an outhouse. Yep. Uh, they, they sleep in one room next to each other. Uh, they have to cook over a fire. They, they don't have money for, for all the necessities. I asked them, what do you need? They said, could you buy us a new pair of underwear this year? Yep. You know, that they're, there's nothing, and yet they looked around and they said, why would we leave this? And as I looked at them, I thought, they have found fellowship. Right. And they, they, why would we want to leave this fellowship? This yeah. is where we know God. This is where we worship God. This is where we live with God. Why would we want to leave this for? Yeah, for America and luxury. For America <laughs> and all the, all the nice things you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it, it gave me a new perspective on what's important in life. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Americans have to evaluate. We, we're a very rich nation and we live um, very well. Yeah. And yeah. I think we have to evaluate the fact that one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for what we've been entrusted with. And, and whether, I was just talking to students actually a couple of days ago about the idea that if you're thinking correctly in life, everything you have is God's. You don't, all your money is God's. All your talent is God's. And you're thinking, okay, what do you want me to do with it? The first 10% give to them right away. That's, just do that. But then it's still all God's. So now ask, you know, should I live in a house that's $1,800 billion or should I live in one that's 18000 You know, I, I don't know. That's not my answer for you. Whether it be the boards that I sit on that ask how much money should we have in the bank or the ministry here that I sit there and figure out what do, we, what do you need to do to be responsible? Here's what I know becomes evil. When you do something where you no longer trust God, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes evil. I, I can't tell you how much money you should have in the bank. 
because I don't know. I don't, I don't know what God's planning in your life. I don't know if, if, if he's planning to keep you around till you're 150 years old, you probably need something in the bank. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. And it depends what culture you're in. I, but the bottom line really is we need to treat all of our assets, all of our resources as it should be. They're God's. And we're stewards of it. So, so we ask them, what do you want us to do with it? And if we don't do that, especially those of us that have resources, if we don't, even those that don't, if we don't do that, we're standing before God someday and he'll go, do you know why I gave you those resources? Hmm. And, and here's what I guarantee he didn't give it to us for, self-indulgence and ignoring the needs of the world. I, I guarantee you he didn't give it to you for that. Yeah. It's, it's so difficult to know where that line is. It is, it, for it, anyone. It really is. You know, like I, I have brought pastors from India or, or Haiti and in Honduras to the states, and they see my house, which really by right our it's standards a here is just a regular area. house, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they just look at it like, oh wow, yeah, you know. And and then I go with them to their homes, and and in many cases they are so much nicer than the people that live down the street. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the very very poor, and so it's hard to know exactly where that line is and i think that is where we need to seek god and say lord absolutely lord this is all yours uh, how can i use this best to bring glory to your name yeah you know i'm not saying and people should not hear me say god doesn't want us to enjoy what he gives us yeah that he wanted people to have the promised land it was a land flowing with milk and i want them to have it but but he wanted them to understand where it came from yeah i think i think really what god what God's mind, uh, if we can put it in, in perspective like that, uh, is what do you love more than me? Right. You need to give it up. Right. And one of the best ways, if money is the thing that you love more than God, it, one of the best ways, just give it away. Get, get rid of it. Um, one of the phrases that has helped me, Don, I know I've mentioned before we're together, but I think what happens a lot of times is we begin to love what we should use and we begin to use what we should love. Hmm. And, and we don't get the difference. But the difference really is down in, like India, they use their wives, they don't love their wives, and therefore there's a problem when the husband dies because there's no use for him anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's different when you love somebody because you're not supposed to use people. You're supposed to love people. So you don't use people. And whether you own a company or whatever else, it's not using people, it's loving people. You love God. And a lot of people would rather use God. You know, it's my sugar daddy in the sky. I get to demand that he give me this or that or that. that now they're using God. You know, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to love. And, and I think that we as believers, Jesus said there's two things to do. Love the Lord your God, love each other. Not use the Lord your God and use each other. Now, on the other hand, money is to be used. Talent to be used. Not loved. Once you start loving that stuff, look out. Because that was never meant yeah. to be loved. So I think that little phrase helps me sort it out a lot of times. It's yeah, like, it's don't, don't use what I should love. Don't love what I should use. And then I get it in perspective and, and figure out, okay, God, you gave me this money or this car or whatever it is. You know, what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah. You know, a great example, as you were talking there, is I'm thinking about using what you have. Um, Nelfa is, is a young girl in our special needs orphanage in Haiti. We have uh, 37 special needs children in, in one home. And her mind works, but her body doesn't. Mm. It's withered. She lives in pain. Her father put her in the middle of an inter- intersection so the traffic could run her over. 
um, she's she was out there screaming for help, and the pastor that runs our our orphanage came walking by, picked her up, and brought her home. And that is where she learned about God, and she's she's trusted Christ as her Savior, and she just wants to serve God. Now, Dave, she can't walk; her hand is all withered. Even when she tries to talk, her jaw doesn't obey her mind. There's right. there's just something that's not triggering the the responses that her body should have. And yet, she wants to serve God. I I uh, had my iPad, and I was skyping Kathy from Haiti, and. Neltha came over and wanted to say hi to Kathy. And I said, you want to sing? And she sang the song, God is so good. Hmm. God is so good, with a big smile on her face. And, and I know she's hurting. I know that her, her back is so twisted. She lives in constant pain. Her father threw her away um, to, to be killed in traffic. And she's living in this home. And she's saying, God is so good to me. And... Dave, what she does during the day is she uses what she has to bring glory to God. Right. She'll sing. She smiles all the time, but she sits there with her withered hand with a rag in it. And we have some of our children are paralyzed, the little little children paralyzed from sure. the neck down. And she'll take a rag and just sit there all day brushing the flies off of them. Wow. Serving God. Yeah. It, it, what a lesson. Absolutely. Loving what you should love. Yes. And not... Not using what you should love. Instead of complaining, yep. she's, she's just using what she has to the glory of God. Yep. You know, we're talking about uh, orphans and widows. I know you have orphanages in some countries that have, have had it rough lately, mm. oh weather-wise. Yes. Uh, what's going on in Honduras? I know they had, some, they had more than one storm actually hit them, didn't they? <laughs> the third one just went through. And uh, the, the island is already devastated. It's a tourist island, the island of Roatan. Um, it's already in bad shape because with tourism, the the local people, uh, the 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 labor wages haven't gone up, but the price of food has gone up, the price of electricity has gone up, and yeah. so everything that they need has doubled or tripled in price, and so they're they're really struggling before COVID hit, and now the cruise ships aren't going to the island anymore, and and uh, people. There, as a matter of fact, they they can only go to the grocery store once a week, mm-hmm. um, and other than that, they have to stay locked in, and so it's been devastated. Now these hurricanes are coming through. Well, I'm so proud of our our family there in in Honduras because uh, on, on this little island, they've seen that they have it so much better than than others on the island, and uh, we've been able to collect funds and send them down there, and then they go grocery shopping. And our older children from the orphanage, with the uh, with the directors, go out to the community and distribute those things to those that are the, the most needy, um, almost on on a starvation level, and and just helping them out. And um, and now they've asked us if we could expand beyond that because the mainland got hit way harder than the island did. Yeah. And the mainland is what supplies. The goods to the island, yeah, <clears throat> and there are people just devastated on the mainland, and now they're asking if we could, we could send funds down so they can go to the mainland and and help those that are destitute there. Um, I don't know where it's all going to end, Dave, but I I do know that through all of that, the love of Christ is being shown. Um, we're called Sandy Bay Lighthouse Ministries, and I can't help but think that we've asked God to allow us to be a lighthouse to the community. And, and beyond. 
What's the environment in Honduras for Christians? Are, are they well, do they are they okay with you, or are they? Are, is yeah, it like they're India? they're okay. It's just that there's a there's a lot of corruption, a lot of drug cartel, um, and, and so there's a lot of animosity towards anything that's that's not re- the devil's not representing. <laughs> yeah. and so uh, you know there, there's just danger in in getting robbed or. Or, or things like that, but there's not a hostility per se towards Christians, not like in India where they just just flat out. Now you you've the seen Christ- the devastation Christians. in Haiti. Yeah, you've seen the devastation in Honduras. That these are countries that are pretty poor anyway. Yeah, Dave, you know how how paranoid our country is about the pandemic, and right. I think I, I'm not saying that we've done anything wrong here. Right. Um, I think we need to take precautions, so forth. In Haiti, it's the only country right now, now that I can travel to. The borders are open. And you, and you say, well, isn't COVID there? Yeah, COVID, COVID was, was there and is there. But they have a pandemic every two years, Dave. Yeah. They, they live this life. You know, we, we think it's so terrible. They, a couple of years ago, it was Zika. A couple of years before that, it was cholera. Uh, you, you know, they, they have all these, you know, malarias all the time. <coughs> they have all these things going on. And they say, yeah, we got sick. Some people died, some, and most of them didn't. We're moving on. Yep. And uh, yet they're, they're devastated. You know, right. just, well, Haiti is the poorest country in our Western Hemisphere. We minister to the needs of those in the poorest part of the poorest country. Wow. And so, yes, uh, there's, there's areas, Dave, that we go into that we can't even enter without the gang leader's permission. Um, he meets us at the outskirts of the city and rides in the front seat so we don't get shot at wow. on, on the way in. Um, an interesting thing about him is uh, we actually were able to lead his mother to the Lord. Cool. He was so excited about that. Uh, she died uh, about a, a year later, so, but he was so thankful that she was in heaven that he got the whole community together, put armed guards on the corners, and helped us to start a church. He's not even a Christian yet, hmm. but, but he wanted his community to hear this good news. And uh, so amidst all of, the, all of the chaos, the light of Christ still shines brighter than all of it. And when, when people see their basic need, they see the basic need is they need Christ. Yep. We now have a church that's, uh, I think the last I heard was about 175 people in that church that we were able to help start several years ago. Wow. Um, the police don't even go in there. Uh, yeah. And yet, here's Christ yeah. shining brightly. And where where can people find more about Don Chair Ministries again? Well, website dsminternational.org. If if you're on Facebook, um, look for Don Shire Ministries or DSM International. Actually, if you Google DSM International, you'll find our Jehovah Rapha House page. That's the special needs home, okay. and you'll you'll see all of our web pages Good. come up. You know, one of the things I just hope that these last couple of podcasts can do is get people in the United States and other you know, privileged countries that have uh, uh, resources that mm-hmm. they would just thank God. Why did you give me the resources? And respond to God. I, I'm not asking you to send it to Don Shire or Silver Birch Ranch or relate to I'm not asking you to do that. I'm send asking it to you to respond to God. Yes. And if you do send give it something, God. give it to him. And, but ask God every day, what do you want me to do to love you and to love others? How can I do that today with my life, my resources, and et cetera? And if you do that, then we'll make the impact we should. But God's going to win anyway in the end. Mm-hmm. So either join him or 
be left on the outside looking in. Uh, I'm Dave Wager here, and this is a program we call Younger Older, uh, brought to you from the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.